0: gene therapies are among the most promising approaches to treating diseases because they carry the potential to cure chronic and progressive conditions. The problem is that the high cost of producing these therapies, which often need to be tailored to individual patients, limits access to them, particularly in low- and middle-income countries. Karen Cross is seeking to change that through its nonprofit model that focuses on enabling hospitals and health systems to manufacture advanced therapies locally and deliver them in a cost effective manner. We spoke to Boro Dropelich, co founder of Karen Cross, about how the nonprofit is seeking to lower the cost of these therapies, how it operates, and why it's initially focused on HIV and sickle cell disease. <music> Boro, thanks for joining us.
1: Uh, Denny, thanks for having me.
0: We're going to talk about your own journey, Karen Cross, and how the organization is working to create access to advanced therapies to patients around the globe. I'd like to take a step back and have you start with how you met Remus who Who is Remus and how did you two meet?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, I've known uh, Remus since our days as junior faculty at Johns Hopkins University back in the early 1990s. Back in those days, um, we used to work, and that required, using the the BL3 uh, safety laboratory. And once we were in there, it was several hours at a time. So we spent a lot of time in the BL3 laboratory back in those days, and so we got to know each other pretty well. And we both share, a, you know, a similar personal history where both of our parents emigrated from post-World War II Eastern Europe in a, in a similar life philosophy. Uh, we both worked at the NIH and later at Lentigen, the company that I founded in 2005, and now we're fully committed to our mission at Caring Cross.
0: Well, what led to the creation of Caring Cross? What was the, the need you were trying to address?
1: Yes, so um, Remus and I have seen the ups and the downs of the gene therapy field and contribute to some of its successes to now where we have approved products like CAR T-cell therapies for leukemia and lymphoma. However, with that success has come the issue of a high price uh, for these therapies, which restricts access, particularly for underserved populations. I co-founded Caring Cross with Remus to address these access issues um, by working with nonprofit and for-profit stakeholders to create a community and an organizational ecosystem that aims to reduce the cost of manufacturing and distribution of these medicinal products and improve access. One way to reduce the cost is by manufacturing the product locally at the clinical place of care rather than using a centralized manufacturing model that has traditionally been used for drug distribution. By using automation to ensure product consistency while the product is manufactured, they can be produced at a fraction of the cost um, um, to manufacture them centrally, even a tenth uh, with current cost of materials, and I think we can do a lot better if we put our mind to it. Danny, we recently published a paper in Nature Communication showing for the first time that when two disparate clinical sites, one in Cleveland in the US and one in Moscow, Russia, use the same device, materials and reagents, they produce very similar products. In this case, a CAR-T targeted to leukemia and lymphoma and with outstanding outcomes for patients.
0: How about in terms of cost?
1: Um, so the cost is, can be a tenth of the cost with current materials. And I think we can do a lot better if we put our mind to it.
0: Where do you see us in terms of the development of cell and gene therapies today and the potential to cure diseases?
1: Um, There is tremendous activity to develop ever-improving therapies and the new ones against a wide variety of diseases. For example, um, we have developed a CAR T-cell therapeutic candidate um, for the treatment of HIV. The CAR has two molecules which both kill HIV-infected cells and protect the CD4 T cells from HIV infection. It's this dual nature that gives the CAR T cell therapeutic candidate its potent effects in preclinical humanized mouse models. Um, We published this work in Science Translational Medicine in 2019, and now the FDA has allowed us to proceed with our phase one, two clinical trials that we're presently enrolling participants at the University of California at San Francisco and the University of California at Davis um, near Sacramento. And there are many companies developing, developing a plethora of candidates to a variety of diseases. That will be tested clinically in the coming years. No doubt some of these will be approved products and transform the lives of millions of patients.
0: These are therapies that command high prices. They are expensive to make and for one and done therapies, developers have a narrow opportunity to recover cost. How much of a factor is cost to getting broader access to these therapies?
1: Yeah, the current model for manufacture and distribution of personalized CAR T-cell therapies commands high prices because they use a drug distribution model. Patient cells are sent from the hospital to a centralized CAR T-cell manufacturing facility, for example, where they are manufactured using manual or semi-automated methods and then sent back to the hospital frozen for infusion to the patient. This is very expensive and time consuming, which is particularly important for patients with advanced disease. The high cost is due to the high number of personnel required to manufacture, distribute and short ensure- product quality and custodial assurance for a CAR T-cell product from a centralized facility. This results in the cost for a CAR T-cell product that's in excess of $350,000 per dose and doesn't include any clinical costs associated with the therapy, which can add up to in excess of a million dollars. Such pricing is really not sustainable over the long term for healthcare providers and healthcare systems in our country, and such pricing is certainly not feasible in lower middle-income countries, and this high price significantly restricts access, particularly to underserved populations. For example, even in the United States, it's very difficult for the uninsured to receive CAR T-cell therapy since it's too costly for the hospital um, to do this without support from insurance providers.
0: Well, where are the opportunities to take cost out of that, particularly if you're going to stick with uh, an autologous therapy?
1: Yeah, um, using a more distributive or place of care model, instead of making those products centrally, why not make them within the hospital using the infrastructure that's already there for transplantation? So, if you use automation, you can make these products at a fraction of the cost than um, using um, centralized uh, manufacturing model. So I think we can really improve the accessibility and decrease the cost by making the product locally rather than using a centralized model.
0: So to what extent does the technology allow us to do that? How easily can these be done at, at a hospital site? And, and does it require highly specialized equipment or training?
1: Yeah, I mean, you need to use automation, but that's has been done, and we, we showed this in a recent publication in Nature Communication, um, where we had two sites, one in Moscow, Russia, the other one in Cleveland, um, um, Ohio, and showed that we use automation and you use the same device, same materials, You get the same product being produced, so you can produce it very robustly and inexpensively. So these devices are available now, and there are more and more devices on the horizon out there to make these processes even more efficient and more cost effective.
0: At the same time, would would there be uh, an argument to be made that we should find ways to develop off-the-shelf versions of these therapies
1: um, yes, um, so the most effective therapies to date are those that are autologous, right? The ones where the cells are taken from the patient, manufactured, and then um, reinfused back into the patient. The allogeneic products to date have not been as successful clinically as those products. Um, as we manufacture the product and, and go for more shorter times of manufacturing, Um, I think it really drives the model more towards making them locally and quickly rather than necessarily having an off-the-shelf product, which would have to be allergenic, which would have to be from somebody else.
0: What's the model here for Karen Cross? Take me through the process of the development of a treatment and delivering it to a patient.
1: Yeah, the model is quite simple. You know, Caring Cross is a 501c nonprofit and we obtain support from foundations, government, and some very generous donors. Um, we then incubate the technologies and the medicinal candidates and, if necessary, form companies to develop them for commercialization. We also work with companies um, where, on the collaborative project, we require that the resulting product is provided affordably to clinical center facilities that we're collaborating with. We also create companies. Um, the companies that we create are benefit corporations, meaning that they have social impact goals in addition to creating excellent return for investors. Um, an example of an impact goal is to supply the therapeutic to lower middle income countries at low cost. In, in this way, we can source or manufacture the components to uh, for the cell products in a highly affordable and sustainable manner. The candidates are supplied to the hospital, um, that have the devices that can then manufacture the, say, car cell products locally at the place of care. The clinical trials are conducted, and at that time, we identify the best therapeutic candidate and the manufacturing workflow required to manufacture an effective therapeutic product safely and affordably. Once those are identified, then we work with hospitals to initiate pivotal clinical trials for regulatory approval by the FDA. These would be multi-site clinical trials where we would show safety, efficacy, but also comparability of the product manufactured between the various clinical centers that are a part of the network. Once the BLA is approved, then those hospitals in the network will be able to manufacture the final product for their patients affordably with reimbursement, improving access of these products due to the economic advantages of place of care manufacturing. It's important to note that the FDA has not yet approved a place of care model for manufacturing CAR T-cell and other gene-modified products, but they have stated that they are supportive of such models and will work with organizations to help enable them. As our candidates reach safety and efficacy endpoints, it's our intention to approach the FDA and other regulatory authorities and work with them towards uh, approval.
0: Uh, Help me understand uh, collaborations with Karen Cross. What does Karen Cross bring to the collaboration and what are you looking partners to bring?
1: Yeah, so we have very deep expertise in the um, design and development and the manufacture of these kind of uh, gene therapy products. You know, um, the team at Caring Cross and our extensive network, we have deep experience. So when we collaborate with companies, they want us to help them um, with their um um, the products, and we, have, we are happy to do so. Uh, it, as long as the collaborating products, we can find a way to improve access and affordability uh, for underserved populations. Uh,
0: walk me through some of the projects you, you now have going on. Let's take a deeper dive into those. Uh, walk us through the particulars. The, the first is the HIV Cure Project. Why HIV?
1: Um, well HIV is a very important disease there are 37 million um, people um, that are living with HIV and um, while um, current um, drug therapy Uh, abates the virus replication, um, um, it's widely recognized that a a cure would be a best solution for the disease Um, since uh, many um, um, people living with HIV, particularly in low- and middle-income countries, um, uh, are not on um, sustained therapy um, since they either can't afford it or or there are toxicities um, associated with it. Um, so our program is a what is called a duocar T cell um, in which the car has two functions one is is that the One car um, um, targets and kills cells that are infected with HIV, and the other car um, protects the CD4 T cells from being infected by HIV. It's this dual action, which in preclinical animal models in humanized mice results in very potent um, effects. Um, And uh, we have now, um, the FDA has now um, allowed us to start our clinical trial, and um, our clinical trial is um, enrolling um, participants at the uh, University of California at San, F- San Francisco and at the University of California, Davis, that's in the Sacramento area.
0: And what's the development path forward?
1: Um, so the development path forward um, is, is that um, our hope is is that we will establish safety and efficacy Um, And once we're able to do that, um, then what we'll do is um, approach uh, the regulatory authorities um, and ask the questions, what would be needed for place of care approval uh, of such a product, first in the U.S., and then also to start collaborating on clinical trials more broadly within the U.S. and other countries around the world, particularly in those countries where uh, such a a therapy would be um, um, needed.
0: How would a therapy like that be made available in low to middle income countries and how would you go about distributing it?
1: Right. So um, in low and middle income countries, we would find a workflow that they could manufacture the product locally at, at the hospital. Um, it probably, it would require some partnership dollars to um, f- um, to be able to set up some of those facilities. And then what we will do is um, either through the companies or the collaborations, be able to provide the materials and the vectors at low cost so that um, this therapy could be made affordably and accessibly in those countries. That's our goal. Um, we are still working through it. We're still learning on how to approach those countries, but that would be our goal.
0: A second project you have is a stem cell gene therapy for sickle cell disease and beta thalassemia. What's the global need there?
1: Well, there are um, 200 um, um, million people um, um, uh, affected with sickle cell and 70,000 uh, newborns born each year with beta thalassemia. Um, so there's a tremendous need. And, and many of um, Um, these affected people are in low- and middle-income countries. So our goal here is um, to develop a stem cell gene therapy um, whereby um, 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 a a lentiviral vector is introduced into stem cells, which then um, in the body differentiates into erythrocytes and then overcomes the disease effects of either sickle cell or um, beta thalassemia by expressing the normal um, hemoglobin gene.
0: And where are you in terms of of this project? What's what's the path forward for that?
1: Yeah, um, a similar model, but much earlier than the um, anti HIV T-cell product. We're uh, just getting going on that.
0: And again, if if these projects are successful, what's the the rollout here? What's is it a matter of finding partners in in each country or? It may
1: require that. um, Definitely may require that. Um, We will take each country and um, understand what would it take to first initiate a clinical trial. And then ultimately, if those clinical trials in those countries are successful, um, then uh, find a way to get um, product approval.
0: Is there some price point that you would need to get to to make this feasible?
1: Mm, That's not exactly um, determined. Um, Obviously, we want to reduce the cost as much as possible to leave as much room to increase the feasibility of getting such therapies into such countries. Um, but we haven't got a, a definite price point here right now. It certainly can't be in the, in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, maybe not even in the high tens of thousands of dollars. Um, so our, our, we've really got to work hard in order to reduce the cost to really make such therapies uh, feasible and, and affordable in those countries.
0: As you've talked to potential partners or partners, what's been the response?
1: Uh, they're they're very excited and they'd love to collaborate. They'd love to work with us to find a path forward. And, you know, it's early days. Um, In Africa, there has been no uh, gene therapy um, that, um, to my knowledge, um, has been um, um, implemented. And so our role is to understand those pathways, um, um, work with our existing collaborators, and, and find ways to first get these things into the clinic as a clinical trial. And then we'll move from there.
0: So as you look at the challenges ahead, do you, do you think they, they're they scientific or do they tend to be things that have more to do with global oh, politics and economics and things like that?
1: They're, they're both challenges, although I feel pretty confident on the scientific side. Um, you know, some of these um, – Types of therapies um, have been shown to um, work quite well. For example, the CAR nineteen therapies for the treatment of leukemia and lymphoma are transformative for such patients. And we are using, you know, we're engineering cells. So, um, so I believe that both on the on the uh, the HIV and the sickle side, um, we'll be able to engineer our way towards an an effective um, a curative therapy. Um, the other um, 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 intangibles, let's call them, um, they are more unknowns. And so for me, they are, are a little bit of a higher risk. Uh, but we have to, you know, we have to first show safety, we have to show efficacy. And then also we have to, um, you know, um, tackle and approach any other problems that may occur that may be um, less scientific and more implementation in nature.
0: Borrow Dropovich, co-founder of Caring Cross. Borrow, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Danny, thanks for having me.